0: I will be reading from Psalm 96, verses one through 13. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the Lord is, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God.
1: As we uh, turn to this third week of mission's theme, Uh, this is the big idea. If you could take this theme, worship of God drives mission. The worship of God drives mission. The worship of God drives mission. So in Psalm 96, it's conveying this uh, truth that theology of mission is that worship and mission go hand in hand. That Christianity, we're not just trying to make nice people who go to heaven, but we're trying to make worshipers of all the peoples of the world. And so there is this uh, story where a hunter, instead of going to church, he skipped out on church that Sunday and went hunting in the woods. And as he's hunting in the woods, he trips and falls, and he looks up, and sure enough, there's a bear looking at him. The bear starts chasing after him, and he doesn't have his gun, and he's running And bears run 30, 40 miles per hour. And so suddenly he has no hope and desperation. So the hunter gets on his knees and says, God, I am so sorry I missed church. If you could just spare my life this one moment, I will go. God, please make this bear a Christian bear. There was absolute silence. The hunter looked up, opened his eyes. And there's the bear praying, dear God, thank you for this meal I'm about to receive. That's, that's one of those jokes that pastors use. The, the end goal of mission is not to make nice people who pray to God before a meal. The end goal of mission is for all people to worship and ascribe greatness to God. This is mission. So that you and I are worshipers because we've been reached out to. And we worship so that it fuels this hunger and thirst to see other people worship God. So this is true for even our children. I don't want my children just to go to church. I want them to be worshipers seven days a week. I want them to adore God. I want them to look out the creation and say, God, you are good. God, you made all things beautiful. This is what drives mission. So we don't want to make Christians who gather on Sundays, who sing praise songs and listen to a sermon. We want people who live a life in a way where everything they do it's glorifying and magnifying the name of the Lord. Psalm 96, it's conveying this truth in many different ways. And so I want to take three things from Psalm 96. And the end goal is this. The first, I borrow this from Steve Hawthorne. He's a director of a mission organization. He wrote an essay in a collected book of, it's called Perspectives in World Christian Movement. And I borrowed this from him. And he takes it from Psalm 96. God reveals his glory to the world so that he could receive glory from the world. So God reveals his glory to the world so that we could receive that, so that he could receive glory from the world. And so we see this in Psalm 96. Could you read it together with me? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day declare his glory among the nations his marvelous works among all the people right here tell of his salvation god reveals his glory in the world that you and i live in so that we could be saved redeemed and in turn bring that glory back to him and so in old testament and new testament we see this Uh, let's take exodus for example exodus what did god do he sent moses to save and deliver his people from egypt And from the plagues to the Red Sea, what is God doing? God is revealing his glory through the ten plagues. God is revealing his glory by parting the sea. So that when the people see this, not just Israel, but all people of all the nations say, the Lord, he is God. So in Exodus 7, verse 5, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt. And bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. Egypt, a land that has hundreds of gods, will know that there is one true God. When? When God says, I stretch out my hand. Revealing his glory and his power. Later on, Moses has a father-in-law. Anybody know his father-in-law's name? Do you remember? Jethro. Jethro. And Jethro says this. He sees all that God did through Moses. And Jethro in Exodus 18 says... He was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the land of Egyptians. He said, this is Jethro, who is a foreign-born man. Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and the Pharaoh, who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods. For he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Jethro became a worshiper because he saw the glory of God. He responds in his life by faith saying, I too believe and I give glory to God. You got to be good to your father-in-law. Egypt, a land of many gods, God shows and shatters it with his glory saying, listen, let's stop playing games. There is one. These are all statues. Here I am. But we also see that in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus says this. John writes this about Jesus. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of the world will be driven out. This is God's glory coming in. God's doing ministry and his work. And this is what Jesus says. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people. Can we say all people? Not just the Jews. Not just the church people, all people to myself. What is he referring to? He's projecting his death on the cross. He's lifted up his death and then his resurrection lifted up. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most glorious thing to ever encounter in the human history. That God has come, God died, and God rose again. That Jesus Christ. So when God reveals his glory to us, we are transformed by that. And we're we're at church in 13701 Hillsboro Drive, La Mirada, California, giving glory to God because we received and believed in this glory. So Psalm 96 is saying, declare it. Show the world. Tell the world of his salvation. This is what mission does. Mission is not, God, let me do something hard for you. Pastor Eduardo and Anna just shared, they were turning to God's word. They were moved by the scripture. What does this mean? Why were they in that position? They trusted and believed in the glory of God, and they responded by faith. So, missions is not an option, it's the reaction of those who have received and encountered the glory of God. I believe in an invisible God. I think there's at least one other person in here that believes in the invisible God. We believe in a God who is glorious. And because we trust that, we are moved to this. So Psalm 96, next thing we see here is it reveals that God desires, this is crazy, missions is not just to convert. We think, you know, the Spanish Inquisition, the conquistadors, we think it's to convert people to Western religion. And this is why people are like, that's a man-made religion. No, everyone's wrong there. Psalm 96 is telling us God is a God who desires for every nation to worship Him. That the end purpose of mission is worship. And so worship and judgment go together. God desires for us to worship Him. Now the question you should ask this is this. And young people ask this. Young people are so good at asking this. They say, isn't God egotistical for wanting worship from us? Isn't that a little egotistical? well only if god is not good so for example uh how many of you have cousins siblings friends or children that said all i want to do is eat chocolate and ice cream now if you love them what do you do do you give them unlimited chocolate and ice cream last night i had my father-in-law wanted to take us out to sizzlers and Sizzlers has that Amazing all-you-can-eat salad bar with chocolate. Now, is it loving for me to say, Ethan, eat all you want. Dig in there. Run them out of business and have all the chocolate and ice cream you want. That's not love. That's (laughs) incompetence. But what is love is when we want something that's good for them, when what they desire is truly good, it doesn't ruin them. It enhances them. And so there's a phrase, we become what we worship. We become what we worship. And there's actually a book titled, We Become What We Worship, written by uh, Greg Beal. And this is what he writes in this one thesis of the whole book. What people revere, what you and I adore revere, they resemble either for ruin or for restoration. In other words, if you worship the things of this world, in anything around this world, you become like the world. You become petty, selfish, materialistic, entitled. If you worship anything that comes from the world, career, job, my beauty, it destroys you. Some of us worship children, our kids, our our schooling their education their grades you, if that becomes our end all it ruins us because these things are not in and of itself good enough to redeem us so what what do we worship that's good when we worship god what is god like he's gracious god is love god is freedom god is life god is joy god is the absolute good in this whole universe that measures what is good and bad he is the ultimate good when god wants us to worship him he's doing it because he loves us and wants the best for us Um, psalm 115 reiterates what greg says and um this is the text their idols are silver and gold the work of human hands they have mouths but do not speak eyes but do not see They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. These are referring to God's. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. The greatest thing God can do for us is to point us to himself so that we would love and worship God. This is what drives missions. This is what drives god's heart and so can you imagine god seeing all his children worshiping false idols and becoming like them what does god desire of us reach them show them who i am psalm 96 has this verse for great is the lord and greatly to be praised can we say this together he is to be feared above all gods in fact, so this, this word is, he is to be feared. There is no God that comes close to our God. And Psalm 96 is saying, what else? Who else would you worship? Um, I love uh, this text. And it's from Isaiah. So I'll just share it briefly. Isaiah is talk, talking, presenting God's word. And God's word is this. And God says, there's Bel, there's Nebo, there are idols are born by beasts of burden. Their images that are carried but are burdensome. They're a burden for the weary. They stoop and bow down and unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. Did you hear a word in there over and over again? Burden, burden, they're a burden, burden. Do you notice when we worship anything else other than God, that thing becomes a burden. So there's a saying, you know, don't, treasure materials or else materials will possess you right like don't don't love things like that or else these things will own you and if you read isaiah 46 the word here is burden 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 when you worship a false god they become a burden and they even make fun of them that you have to literally carry this wooden statue god that you worship wherever you go you become bondage to it Some of us worship false gods. And you're working hard to make this God work for you. It becomes a burden. I want everyone to like me. You work hard to make people like you. And then you got 10,000 likes. Oh, that's good. I feel loved. That's what I care about. Next day, you put up a post, two likes. Oh, life is hard. It's a burden to carry this idol that's not God. You carry it. It weighs you down. This is what God is saying about any gods. But he goes on. Listen to this verse. Right after it. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnants of the people of Israel. You, whom I have upheld since your birth, and have what? Carried. God doesn't, he's not a burden to us. He doesn't bring burden. He doesn't make you burden. So he carries us since you were born. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. And I will again, what? Carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Every God that you and I have that's not the Lord God and Jesus Christ, the triune God. You've been working hard to make it work for you. But the real God doesn't need to be carried. The real God carries you and me, especially in the hardest moments. And the people of God said, amen. This is our God. This is why God wants us to worship this God. And so John Piper, you know, he says, and let the nations be glad. The difference between the true God and the gods of the nations is that the True God carries, and the other gods must be carried. You know, what Christ does is not just send us to heaven rather than hell. He breaks the burdens that have been carrying us, that we thought were important. He breaks that, and he says, I want freedom for you. I want you to delight and have life in me. John, uh, he says, 10, he says, I have come that they may have abundant And it's so funny, in 2023, we turn away from God and turn to everything else that would enslave us. This is where we belong, church. This is what we desire for the world. That the world is not going to fix itself. We're going to have earthquakes, wars. But the God who truly frees us is the God who carries us in Jesus Christ. Lastly, Psalm 96 tells us this. It tells us that we are not saved from something, but we are saved for something. We're not just saved from wrath. We're not just saved from hell. We're not just saved from judgment. We are saved for something. What is that thing? Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works amongst all the people. Tell. Declare. Verse 10. Say among the nations. What? The Lord reigns the world is established we're not just saved from something and we kind of cruise control our life have a nice retirement go to church if we can you know get involved serve a little bit psalm 96 is reiterating god's call through jesus christ go and make disciples of all nations tell them the wonderful deeds that god has done that he has come to rescue he has come and defeated death once and for all. And so the a- end goal of God is this, ascribed in Psalm 96. This heart of the text in Psalm 96, right in the middle of it, this triad of verses is what God desires for all of the world and why missionaries go out. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory; to His name. Bring an offering; come into His courts. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. During Bible study, uh, I I learned this through a missionary, and I shared this to our Bible study this past week. Do you know who the first? I don't know who the first missionaries to Korea was, late 1800s. But I do know this: the first missionaries got to Korea, landed in their boat, paddled to the shore. Greetings! You know what the first Koreans did? Chopped their heads off. The first Koreans saw the Christian missionaries. And the first thing they did was decapitate them. Now, take a moment there. Why would these missionaries go to a different land? Let them believe. Let's be tolerant. Let let them believe what they believe. We believe what we believe. It's all good. Obviously, they didn't do that, right? Because they believed with all their heart that there is one true God who revealed his glory and he desires all nations to know him. That it was worth dying for this cause because this God has them in life and in death. That they did not see it as loss. They saw it as a desire to the very last breath that they will serve see missions cannot be driven by compassion nor by just a good feeling psalm 96 is telling us missions has to be driven by the desire for the world to glorify god and to see his splendor that they would ascribe greatness to god that they would know and trust his name that they would come worshiping him that they would bring blessings to his courts so the motivation becomes different And you see, Jesus, uh, do you remember when he goes into the temple and he sees money changers and people selling marketplace? What does Jesus do? He throws it. What has has become of the temple? Instead of a place where they encounter God and and priests sacrifice for them, they turn it into a den of thieves and, and scandal and corruption. And Jesus has this incredible line. And you can see the heart of Jesus having a desire for greatness and glory for the world in it. Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for whom? All the nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. That's convicting because I think when church becomes a place of only comfort and a place where we make it our own, Just a place where I like, rather than realizing this is a place to magnify God and to go into the world and support those who are also magnifying God. So that's why we support Nicaragua, China, Tijuana. We are partnering with God to see all the people of the world pray and adore and gather at God's house with worship. We have to teach worship To our children, we have to become worshipers. Missions propels out of hearts of worship, and missionaries are fueled in worship. At the end, John Piper ends with this, and then I will conclude. Where passion for God is weak, zeal for missions will be weak. Let me read that again. Where passion for God is weak, zeal for missions will be weak. Churches that are not centered on the exaltation of the majesty and beauty of God will scarcely kindle a fervent desire to declare his glory along the nations. All of history is moving toward one great goal, the white-hot worship of God and his son among all the peoples of the earth. Missions is not to go. It is the means. And for that reason, it is the second greatest human activity in the world. Missions is the means for the world to worship. So I want to challenge you. Have you been called by God to a particular area of ministry and mission? I think you have. Missions doesn't start when we go to a different land. It starts here. It starts where you are, where God has placed you. And missions is fueled by worship. I pray that we gather every week for worship. But I also pray that your life becomes worship. That Monday through Sunday, that you magnify God in a way that you adore his name and lift up wherever you go. So Christian life, in summary, boils down to two things. Glorify God, exalt the greatness of God. And second, let all of that propel you towards mission. Let me pray. God of creation, we gather here to say that you are worthy, that you are mighty, and you are strong, that you have done wonders so that we could come to you. You are not like the false gods that we have to carry and maintain, but you're the God who over and over again carries us. Lord, so we worship you To become like you, to draw nearer to you, and to realize that this is why we exist. That at the revelation time, all the nations will gather at your feet and bow before you, declaring holy, holy, holy. And so, God, we are worshipers. But may that also drive us out of these walls and to be a church that desires and prays for your name to be known throughout the world. God, help us to be engaged with that. Open doors for our church so that we could walk through it. Open up our hearts so that we could move in that direction where to live the American dream is not the goal. It's not the end. But it's the blessing, as we heard last week, to be the blessers in your name to ends of the world. So thank you, God, for all that you've given to us. We worship you. In this moment, we declare and we say, there is none like you. And we repent of all the false gods that we chase after and we say god would you be our focus our prize and our vision would you turn our hearts to magnify your name these things we pray in jesus name amen